You're listening to Country Life with Keith Fahey on Galway Bay FM. Good evening, I'm Keith Fahey and welcome to this week's edition of Country Life. On the show this week, we'll have Darren Carty on today's updated budget uh, report from the Irish Farmers Journal. Uh, we'll have Maria from Animal Health Ireland on BVD eradication and we'll also have Stephen Friend uh, from the Newford Suckler Herd there in Athenry giving us an update on the, the Suckler Herd there, the demo farm in Athenry. Uh, also, there's some upcoming events there. Thursday, October the 19th at 11am, in a Canavan in uh, Doolin, County Clare, air code V95DXA2. Um, is having a, a, an open day on his farm. Ana Canavan began the conversion period to organics in 2018 and became fully organic in 2021 which was a year longer uh, than the normal two year in conversion period due to COVID-19. On the farm there is a suckler enterprise of 15 spring suckling, suckling uh, cows. Uh, the majority of the weanlings are sold in the autumn with a few of the best heifers kept as replacements and some of the topics there that are going to be covered on Ana Canavan's uh, farm, the organic farm uh, Airco V95DXA2 in County Clare. Some of the topics are the new forestry schemes, health and safety and wellness, housing requirements health plans and grassland and winter feed budgets. Uh, so that's uh, some uh, interesting upcoming event there on uh, the farm of Anna Canavan, as I said, in Doolan County, Clare. So looking at some mart reports this week, looking at the Chew Mart on Monday gone by yesterday, uh, some sample cold cow prices included an 850 kilo limousine cross cow selling for 2,060 euro or 242 a kilo, a 710 kilo cemental cross cow selling for 1730 or 244 a kilo, a 680 kilo limousine cross cow at 1590 or 234 a kilo, uh, an 800 kilo uh, limousine cross cow at 1900 or 238 a kilo then moving on to some sample heifer prices included a pair of 357 kilo Aberdeen Angus uh, cross heifers weighing 1080 a pair of 397 uh, kilo Charlie cross heifers uh, made 1200 uh, 445 kilo limousine heifer um, made 1200 or 270 kilo then moving on to some sample bullock prices a pair of 397 kilo Charlie cross bullocks made 1240 or 312 a kilo uh, and 835 kilo limousine uh, Cross 2100 or 2 euros and 51 cent a kilo. Some sampling weanling bull prices from Tune on yesterday in, in the Mart in Tune uh, Mart. A pair of 315 kilo Charlie Cross bull weanlings over 1290 or 410 a kilo. 325 kilo Charlie Cross made 1120 or 345 a kilo. Um, and then moving on to some sample weaning heifer prices included a 300 kilo Charlie Cross making 950 or 317 a kilo, a 325 kilo Charlie Cross made 1000 or 308 a kilo, and a pair of 310 kilo Charlie Cross uh, made 900 or 290 a kilo. So a lot of Charlies on offer indeed uh, on the, the sale in tune there yesterday. Looking at the Lockrim report on Thursday's sales saw a very large entry with 946 sheep on offer. Trader was on par with the previous weeks uh, for the lambs with the 97% clearance achieved. Tops uh, of lamb prices were 150 for 53.8 kilos. Lambs averaged 250 to 287 a kilo. A 35.5 kilo lamb sold for 90. Uh, 53.8 kilos sold for 150. Heavy yos were in a big demand by wholesalers with tops of 196 being given for 107 kilo uh, yo. The lighter yo called were more easy with prices from 70 to 150, 89. Uh, kilo sold for 155, 90 kilo sold for 160, 91.5 kilo yo sold for 167 as well. Uh, the 200 euro bracket was crossed for breeding hoggets with tops of 210 being paid for a bunch of uh, pen of seven hoggets. The sheep sells every Thursday at 10.30am. Friday's weaning sales saw another large entry of weanings which met with a 96% clearance overall. Weaning heifers were in bigger demand with many farmers starting to come out on stream uh, with prices ranging from 276 to 413 a kilo. Charlie Cross to 225 kilo sold for 930 or four. 
413 a kilo. Uh, the whaling bull trade continues to be very strong with farmers and exporters contending with bulls in particular uh, over the 300 kilo um, weight category. Prices average from 280 to 376 a kilo. Uh, Charlie's 270 kilo sold for 1,000 euro or 370 a kilo and Limousine Cross at 295 kilo sold for 1,010. Uh, looking on to the whaling sales is every Friday there, every Friday evening at 6pm. Uh, Saturday's cattle sales saw a large uh, entry of cattle as big numbers continue uh, to come out to the sales yard. An overall clearance of 94% uh, with the trade remaining strong. Bigger numbers of cold cows starting to come out with weanings coming off um, uh, prices average from 190 to 250 kilo, a 495 kilo Hereford Cross Cow sold for 1200, a 595 kilo Hereford Cross Cow sold for 1200. There was a large entry of heifers uh, with prices averaging 250 to 288 a kilo. And then just to give some sample prices there of heifers, a 495 kilo sold for 1300. Uh, there was an, uh, an Aberdeen Angus, uh, there was an exceptional yard of top quality bullocks on offer again this week. Uh, trade here has been described as a rob again, uh, particularly in the 450 to uh, kilo category, uh, according to the March report. Uh, prices average from 266 to 350 a kilo. Two cementals at 353 kilos sold for 940. A 470 kilo Charlie sold for 1520. A 780 kilo Charlie sold for 2020. So some very high prices there. And cattle sales is every Saturday at 10:30 a.m. And for bookings and inquiries, call 0918841219. So that is the Mart report there from Lockray Mart. Also, we got a message in there from the IFA in Galway. Uh, so the president to deputy election debate is on Monday, October the 16th at 8pm in the Raheen Woods Hotel, Nathan Rye. Uh, come out and hear the candidates and decide who's best can represent you. And you can click on to ifa.ie forward slash elections 23 uh, for more information. So that's the IFA president and deputy election. The debate is on Monday, October the 16th at 8pm in the Raheen Woods Hotel, Nathan Rye. Uh, come out and hear the candidates and decide who you can best represent you and click ife.ie forward slash election 23 forward slash uh, for more information there so that's uh, we've received that there uh, to promote it for the IFA uh, Galway branch. Chagas also launched uh, the annual forestry photo competition with uh, the new junior category Chagas in conjunction with the Department of Agriculture Food and the Marine is delighted to launch its annual forest uh, co- photo competition to support Spar National Tree Day this exciting competition will run between October and December and is a celebration of the new forestry programme which charts a new course for Irish forestry from 2023 to 2027 celebrating the new forestry programme 23 to 27 is a three themed photo competition that will focus on the multifunctional nature of forests from timber production to biodiversity enhancement the competition provides a great deal of opportunity for budding new and non-professional photographers and photo enthusiasts to get snapping while being in with the chance to win exciting prizes and this year we are introducing a new junior category for anybody under 18 years of age the celebration the new celebrating the new forestry program 23 to 27 competition focuses on three consecutive forest teams and runs from October to um, to December as we said at the end of each team period the both ad- the adult and the junior winners are guaranteed a prize of 300 euro uh, all the team winners will then go forward to the grand final on December the 15th when the overall winner for each age category will be in line for a further uh, voucher uh, to the value of 300 euro uh, can you capture uh, that special autumnal, autumnal uh, image 
or perhaps a stunning photo of life in the forest to kick off the competition the first theme is trees and biodiversity and it's running from uh, October 5th to October 26th this theme is focused on the animal and plant life in and around forests how and where forests uh, provide shelter and food for animals including insects birds and mammals as well as other flowering plants uh, suitable digital forest images can be submitted online at www.chagas.ie forward slash forest photos up to 5pm on October the 26th and um, so that's just some information there so more information can be got on www.chagas.ie forward slash forest photos there as well the competition will feature uh, the second theme then is farming and trees between October the 27th and the 20th uh, October the 27th and November the 20th apologies uh, this team covers all aspects of trees and the farm and how forests and trees are integrated into other farming activities and into the overall landscape trees provide shelter from wind and sun from uh, farm animals and can help in protecting water courses the final theme is the forest harvest will continue between November the 21st and uh, December the 11th this is a, c- a celebration of all uh, that we can get from forests of course there is construction timber one of the most valuable forest materials used by humans but other harvests include fungi, berries and firewood. Perhaps other products from the forest is the well-being and health benefits of spending time amongst the trees is an, an image that can illustrate any abundance of resources provided by forests. Please note that only photos received within these dates and time pe- periods uh, will each team, with each team considered um, will be eligible. Also note that one entry per person per category can be accepted. Speaking at the launch of the Chagas Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine uh, celebrating the forest uh, program 23 to 2027 uh, competition, Tom and acting head of uh, Chagas Forestry Development uh, Department said we are delighted to organise this highly popular initiative again in 2023. Our forests provide a wide range of benefits and as with other years we invite and encourage good quality and attractive digital images that highlight some of these multiple benefits. Uh, Chagas Forestry Liaison Officer Paul Butler who coordinates the competition said it is a pleasure to see the range of photos submitted each year to this competition. They illustrate how important trees are in our lives and constantly changing landscapes within and around our forests. Uh, and individual participants may submit one photo separately for each of the three forestry competition teams and submission is online only at www.chagas.ie forest slash forest photos. So first up this evening we're delighted to have Stephen Friend from the Newford Suckler Herd Nathan Rye. So Stephen you might tell us a bit about your role with uh, the Newford Herd. I will Keith so uh, I'm the farm manager here in Newford and uh, what we have is uh, an 85 cow suckler herd here at the moment uh, with all the calves all the progeny taken through to finishing so it's a uh, a suckler cow herd with mainly first cross cows off the dairy herd uh, the majority of them would be uh, whitehead and angus cows and through limousines then from through it as well uh, them cows then are all crossed back to nominal breeds like uh, charlies and limousines and uh, with a few belgian blues and then the calves are all taken through and finished here on the farm between kind of 18 and 22 months of age Okay, very good, very good. And maybe you might tell us, uh, you've them weaned already, uh, Stephen, and maybe how did you go about doing that? We do, so sort of wean maybe slightly earlier than the standard farm here. We weaned them there about the 15th or 20th of September. Uh... The cows and calves were brought into the shed. I weaned them in three separate bundles. Uh, I housed them for two days, uh, side by side, in, in separate pens, just to keep them separate, but let them see each other, uh, to try and reduce the, the stress on the calves. And then the calves were left back in to suck the cows again. Just was with the kind of cow we have here being first crossed. They're, they're very milky cows, and we find it a great help in, in reducing the sight of them, given that final suck out. 
Uh, after that, then the, the clothes are kept on straw for a couple of days just to help dry them up. And the knives are left back out after a few days then, and they're on kilo and a half a meal there now ever since. Okay. Uh, so the calves were weaned this year at about 315 kilos. Okay, very good. So you'd be happy with that weight. How did it compare maybe last year? It's slightly back on last year, about 10 kilos back on last year, but uh, last year was slightly high because uh, the way things happened last year, there was 60 bull calves to only 25 heifer calves here in the farm, so it's slightly inflated the average last year was to slightly back even at that to maybe slightly behind at the okay. old year we're having. Yeah, and are you uh, part of any of the suckler schemes there? We are, so we've signed up, we were always part of the BBGP and BEEP in the last few years and uh, this year now we're moving to the SCEP, uh, so I think we've all our requirements tonight for that so far. And uh, then the new beef welfare scheme, the suckler cow welfare scheme, we've joined up to that as well and uh, Meal feeding is happening here, and we, we did the meal feeding prior to weaning as well, and we'll be blooding the couch for the IBR now, actually, at the end of this week. Okay, very good, very good. And you might tell us maybe a little bit about the finishing cattle. So you mentioned there a few minutes ago that you're finishing the cattle from 18 to 22 months, uh, which would be w- well below the, the national average, I will say, of slaughter age of cattle. So maybe how are you achieving this, um, maybe, and what kind of uh, weights are you uh, getting for the bulls and heifers? Yeah, so I suppose the, the first thing is probably the early mature and genetics coming through from the, the mothers being whiteheads in English. If you have that yes year type yearling, then you might have a, have a standard sucker cow. And then all the bulls would be, when we're selecting bulls, we'd be going for sort of early finishing type bulls uh, with low days to slaughter and, and high carcass weights. Uh, other than that, then, to be mostly kind of grassland management, trying to keep good grass in front of them throughout their life. So then we this year have done. 1.3 kilos average daily gain since birth, which would be well above the national average, I think. And then they maintain a 0.6, 0.7 average daily gain throughout the winter with the, with the best quality silage you have going. So we'd kind of here be aiming for 75% DMD silage either taken out as, as not as bales or first cut silage and then trying to keep meal to a minimum as you're going along. So uh, last year we only had Wayne and heifers housed for half of December and the month of January. And going back out to grass then as early as we could they were out by the 1st of February and that's that long summer then in front of them with good quality grass uh, it keeps the average daily gain up and they were doing a, a kilo or even around a kilo a day there for most of the summer okay. uh, most of the heifers have now been killed so they're averaging a 19 months the heifers we've killed so far this year uh, with a 320 kilo carcass give or take and uh, sort of 580 kilo live weight going up the ramp most of them give or take to the kind of 55% kilos uh, them heifers are only fed about 250 kilos of concentrate say over their lifetime including last year around weaning and so most of them were killed off grass this year uh, last year all of the heifers were killed off grass without meal at all just with the, the slower summer there this year we didn't feel a bit of meal uh, bullocks then we've uh, 25 bulls killed yet this year but there's bundles coming fit now soon uh, they averaged 350 kilos per weight uh, they were 19 months of age as well but in general sort of the run of things with the bullocks would be a sort of 21 22 months by the time you get them all killed uh, we have the first of the bullocks housed now for feed and for fishing uh, they're gone in at about 620 kilos and uh, we've done a month maybe or I don't have meat and see how they go but they, they come fit fairly quickly once they go in Okay, and what what grading um, are they? Um, what kind of grades in the? Uh, in so the, the run of the mill kind of be R equals around here. You get now you get the odd R plus and, and the odd U minus even, but the vast majority is going to be R equals head cattle. Okay, okay, and it would say when you're feeding such a, a small amount of meal, do you have any issues with the fat cover attaining the fat cover, um, Stephen? 
No, not particularly, no. The, 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 the early mature and kind of DNA that's in the cattle kind of looks after that. And then even with that in, a very small amount of meal does it. So then bullocks now, if you were to bring me back in a month's time, there being another big number of them killed, they don't take a long period to finish. So it isn't that you're not feeding meal, it's just that much less of it requires uh, to get the fat cover on them. And we usually be meeting the three plus three plus on fat scores. Okay, yeah, it's some phenomenal weights there for, you know, very young cattle, uh, Stephen. So what would be the main thing you, you'd put this down to? Uh, the main thing, I suppose, would probably have to be the genetics, I suppose. Uh, there's only so much grass management can, can do, but to, the genetics is definitely the baseline for it and the consistency of it throughout their life that they're constantly growing and, and meeting their targets and doing the best that they can, I suppose. Okay, okay. And what's the plan for the winter, uh, Stephen? Have we uh, much grass left on farm or how are grazing conditions in Athenry at the moment? Their grazing conditions are tough and have been tough for a while now, Keith, but... Um, the winter has started actually here now. I brought in the first half of the cows earlier on in the week. Uh, the rest of them probably been before the end of next week. And then I have them first to work to the heavy bullock cows as well, uh, just because feeding them outdoors is going to be challenging for their in. Uh, Grass-wise, we're actually not too bad. There's a nice cover of grass at the moment, but uh, we prioritise, like I said, for the wean and keep them out as long as possible and keep them alive and they're much happier outdoors. So uh, the minute now the weather breaks again, there'll probably be another more stock coming in and leaving as much grass as we can and get the wind and right up into late November, early December if we can at all, like last year. Okay. And how are you for fodder for the winter? Fodder's okay, we're okay for fodder. We have uh, we had fires left over from last year and we made we made two cuts of silage here then this year, so okay. there's, there's loads of fodder in the yard. And just in relation to maybe uh, uh we'll say any coughing in the cattle, any worms or any any issues there with fluke or worms or do you do any fecal egg sampling there on the farm? Yeah, so uh there's no problems in, in all their stock and the yearlings. Uh wayland's now we're coughing a bit after weaning. So I did fecal sample them. Uh they actually came back clear, but uh they advised that it might be probably a long worm but anyway, so they were off there last week. Okay, very good, very good. So Stephen Friend from the Newford Suckler Herd, uh, thanks very much there. Uh, some great information there, you know, phenomenal weights being achieved at a very young age. Uh, fat cover is not an issue or an, and very low amounts of meal being fed. So, uh, And can, they, uh, can anyone, any of our listeners, Stephen, if they want to find out more, uh, how do they know, find out about the Newford Herd? You can answer the website there online, uh, www.newfordfucklerbeef.ie, and then follow us on Twitter then either if you want to put in the Newford demo on Twitter, you'll find us there, and uh, the farm is always open to groups, and I don't want to call in, uh, can make contact, we'll be glad to have people. Very good. Thanks very much, Stephen. So, next up on Country to Life, Life we're delighted to have Maria Gelbenzu. Um, I hope I said that okay, Maria. You did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, from Animal Health Ireland, uh, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, so maybe firstly, uh, for anyone maybe who may not be familiar with Animal Health Ireland, uh, Maria, what exactly do you do? And maybe you might tell us a little bit about uh, your role with uh, AHI. Of course, yeah. So Animal Health Ireland uh, was formed as a 50-50 a public-private partnership between the industry in Ireland and the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. And uh, this was really to take care of um, of 
non-regulated diseases and conditions, initially of cattle. Um, so um, the idea is to kind of improve the sustainability of the industry in Ireland. And we're a small team. Uh, we're only 20 people and we do have a wide range of programs. So um, I guess the, the, in, from the cattle side, we have uh, the program for BVD, of course, that uh, most people should be aware uh, about. of. Uh, but we also have the Unis disease program, uh, CELT check, IBR program, a beef health check, a parasite control program, biosecurity and calf care. So we cover a wide range of, of, uh, of health issues. And also uh, the most recent addition is the hoof health check program. So there's going to be, um, a, the, the focus of this program is, is farmer awareness, and this is going to be on the prevention and treatment of lameness. So there will be some leaflets freely available out of the work of that group and uh, that will come shortly. Uh, but we also expanded to pigs. So it's a pig health uh, program and also there is some aspects of biosecurity from poultry. Um, as to my role, so I am the program manager for the BVD program and also for the IBR. Um, and for the uh, BVD, um, I manage the day-to-day, so monitoring every farm and animal that may have a positive result, um, also analyzing results um, and uh, make sure that the decisions, because the decisions for these programs Program, what happens is the, the scientific input is taken from a technical working group and then this is taken to an implementation group. And the implementation group that has people from uh, the stakeholder organizations, so from the industry, uh, from the farming organizations, um, to producers, etc., as well as the Department of Agriculture. And there's where the decisions are made. And I guess as a, as a program manager, then I make sure that those things happen. So if we need to change the database or communications. Uh, but one of the main uh, parts of my roles as well is to... Um, is to communicate, so to write articles for, especially for farmers, uh, but then also for vets and also for scientific community to kind of let people know out there of the good work done in Ireland in terms of animal health. Okay, very good, very good. And what is BVD? So BVD is um, is a viral disease um, and uh, that affects cattle worldwide, although there are some countries, obviously, that are eradicating the disease. And um, these fires, uh, the thing is that um, a lot of the times it's not it's super evident that you have it in on farm. Um, so it will uh, cause immunosuppression. So that means that the animals are more likely to get other diseases. So in what we would have seen in, in previous years when there, there was much more uh, BVD was that we had a lot of uh, calf with pneumonias and with the scours that were difficult to treat. And uh, these typically in these farms, we had an outbreak also of BVD. And um, so, so that's the main effect kind of in the young animals. But the main effect uh, also is when it affects pregnant uh, uh, cows because these virus always crosses the placenta. The outcome of that infection then is going to depend on when uh, of the stage of the pregnancy. So if it happens very early on, the, the, uh, the cow is going to lose that pregnancy. And what we're going to see on farm is just that animal is, um, it returns to service. So there is a, an infertility issue. 
when the infection happens later on in the pregnancy from months uh, five onwards, uh, we can see then abortions and we can see also congenital defects in, in the calf. But the most important period is between months one and five uh, because if it affects uh, the fetus then, uh, the fetus is not fully developed, their immune system, so takes on the virus like if it was their own. So these animals, uh, if they survive, they are born persistently infected. So these are the animals that are really important to identify and remove because these animals are the main source of virus to the rest of the herd and, uh, um, and beyond. Okay. And what is the cost, we'll say, to maybe the farmers and the state every year maybe of this BVD eradication program? Yeah, so... Uh, in terms of the program, um, obviously every calf has to have a specific tag put on uh, and then that's sent to the laboratory. So there is a cost there in terms of the extra tag of the, of the, um, uh, the, the different tag and also of the postage and of course the time of the farmer uh, to get that sample and put it in the post. Um, but that can be quite varied. The one that we know for sure is that the testing cost we, and we, um, Calculate that those are uh, just over six million uh, per uh, per year, because we have around two point four million calves, um, and we estimate that it's around two and a half uh, euros per per test. Um, and then, of course, the department also has cost because there is, there are financial supports first to remove the calves, uh, but then also to any herd that has a virus positive or inconclusive result. Then those herds um, have to uh, go uh, to undertake a series of requirements such as a whole herd test, uh, and they have to have an investigation done, and they also have to have their females vaccinated for BVD for the the year where they have the positive and the following year. And that um, those costs to the department are around one, one and a half million um, um, euros per year. Uh, now, the other costs of BVD is the cost that, um, uh, that um, are related to the disease cost. So before we started the program, uh, it was calculated that just by having BVD in Ireland, it cost the industry 101 million uh, per year. So really, uh, having reduced the prevalence of the disease has really improved the health of the calves around the country. And, and this is something that has are being recognised outside of Ireland uh, by other countries such as the Netherlands. Okay, and the Netherlands obviously would have been a massive importer of calves there from Ireland. Of course, yeah, it's been the largest uh, importer for the last couple of years at least. Okay, okay. And are there any direct, we'll say, human risks uh, in relation to BVD in terms of humans? It will there isn't and that's that's the that's the great thing at least that there there is no uh, the BVD virus will not pass on to humans and does not have um, any um, any health effects in humans okay okay and uh, we see there the there's the IBR program there now as well under the the beef welfare scheme for the the suckler herds there uh, maybe we might tell mm-hmm. us a little bit um maybe what is IBR and maybe what effect can it have on cattle so IBR is uh, is 
a respiratory disease of cattle uh, is produced also by another virus. It's called the bovine herpes virus type 1. And what happens is uh, when animals uh, get infected with the virus, they typically are going to have a upper respiratory sign. So we're going to see red eyes, red nose. We're going to see serious discharge from the eyes and the nose that can become then uh, a bit more uh, purulent, a bit more thick. And those animals can uh, also have uh, a cough. Uh, in dairy herds, they're going to see a drop in milk yield. Um, and typically, a lot of the animals will recover in 8 to 10 days. Now, some are not that lucky. So for some, are um, uh, some can die. Um, but um, what happens, and this, the key with this disease, is that once an animal is infected, uh, can recover from those symptoms, but the virus does not go away. So it, it becomes latent. And then if that animal is under stress, so this stress could be uh, typically mixing with other animals. It can also be calving. On occasions, it can be uh, nutritional or weather. And, and that animal, then the, the, the virus may reactivate and that animal can also pass on the disease to other animals. Um, so that's the trick. It's, uh, it's like the sore um, um, is, is just recurrent. Um, but um, the good thing is that these animals are going to be seropositive, so we can detect them with a blood test. Um, and um, the other main advantage that we have with IBR is that we have marker vaccines, and uh, these are the only vaccines that have been sold in Ireland for the last 20 years. And the main advantage that we have with this is that we can differentiate between an infected animal an unvaccinated animal. And this means that we can use then the vaccines to allow us to control the disease. Um, okay, very good. Wow, a lot, a lot of information there, Maria. Um, thanks very much yeah. uh, for coming on uh, Country Life. We've learned a lot there about um, a BVD and indeed IBR as well, you know, and I think it's very important mm-hmm. that, you know, farmers a lot of the time are participating in a lot of these schemes and maybe, um, you mm-hmm. know, um, sometimes maybe some of them mightn't know exactly the, the real direct causes and maybe why these uh, schemes mm-hmm. are in place. But uh, thank you very much for coming on uh, Country well, Life. Thanks for asking me. So we're delighted to have Darren Carty uh, from the Irish Farmers Journal with us on Country Life this evening. Uh, Darren, a lot of uh, information uh, from the budget. Maybe uh, you might tell us some of the bigger uh, items there, or, you know, uh, beef and sheep related ones, if that suits. Yep. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on, Keith. Uh, I suppose the first thing we should say is just looking at the overall budget figures, there hasn't been a significant increase. There hasn't been, say, much new money for agriculture, despite uh, the budget said overall budget increasing and it's been very much a case of more or less sort of keeping what was there uh, and we see that really in this in, in the say the makeup of schemes and that there hasn't been too many announcements on, on new schemes or more places and if we if we look quickly look at your listeners are going to be uh, interested in the beef schemes in the sheep schemes uh, what's come for dairy so on the sheep side of things there is 15 million in new funding. Uh, the scheme, we believe, is going to operate something along the lines of, say, the, the beef welfare scheme. And just, there'll be a couple of actions that you'll have to compete. Uh, it'll, the payment is believed to be around eight euros per euro. Uh, so the 15 million would provide around, say, would cover 1.8 million up to 2.6 million national euro flock. 
Uh, and this, what's, what's been talked about is around measures, maybe around sheep, uh, support for sheep shearing costs, support for animal health costs, possibly support uh, for hill store lambs. But none of that has been decided yet, Keith. Uh, there's 20 million allocated for, uh, say, beef sucker scheme to follow on from the national uh, beef welfare scheme. Now, that funding is down 4 million from last year. The reason or the rationale being given behind that is just uh, if we looked at the beef scheme from, say, 2022, there was 24,000 applications into it. If we look at the 2023 scheme, there was 16,500 applications. And your listeners will be well familiar with the, the biggest reason for that. Or, or sorry, a, a contributing reason to that would be the lower payments because some of the money was, say, subsumed into the skip. But also a lot of farmers maybe were against the inclusion of the IBR, uh, say, testing. So that was uh, that was one. There's no details yet around what scheme. The minister has said that he wants that to be up to 200 euros per cow, but it could be the case uh, that it's, it's similar to what was there this year and there's, it could be 200 euros per cow for farmers that would be in, say, SCEP and also in this scheme. So it's likely the payment would be somewhere around 40 to 50 euros per cow and it would be front-loaded to maybe this year's scheme was up to, uh, say, 40 cash. So it, it's, it's yet to be seen, but I imagine it would be something similar along that lines. A lot of interest in acres and a lot of interest, a lot of hope, given, say, the, if we were talking this time last year, acres was a big ticket item. Uh, in this, there were subsequently 46,000 applicants and all of those were let in. There was an anticipation that there would hopefully be upwards of 10,000 places. Uh, the amount of money that's allocated in the budget is an extra 40 million. It hasn't been clarified around places yet, but if you do a quick figure, uh, key to around, say, an average payment of 6,000 per applicant, it would allow another 6,500 applicants into the scheme when it opens later this year. Now, the one caveat to that is that the Minister last week announced uh, non-productive investments for farmers in cooperation area, which you will be dealing with a lot of those. And if if that, say, if, if that payment terms has to come out of that 40 million, well, then you're back down significantly on the number of places. So I think that will be seen as maybe a disappointment for farmers to get into acres is that there won't be as many positions on the organic farming scheme. The allocation of the money, say, outlined for 2024 is 57 million. That's up 21 million on last year. So that's to, uh, say, cover the increased number, so there's over 4,000 organic farmers now. And going again on average figures, I would say that it would allow a little over 1,000 farms going on average payment uh, be accepted into organics when it opens again uh, next year. On the dairy side, <coughs> it's likely that the, the National Beef Dairy Beef Welfare Scheme uh, is back in the agenda. We don't have full details on that. Uh, and then maybe a non-scheme-related one that hit every farmer is the flat rate fat compensation is being reduced by 5% to 4.8%. So that essentially is any farmer that's not registered for that, if you sell milk, uh, lambs, uh, beef cattle, uh, you get a flat rate top-up to compensate you for the VAT that you've paid throughout the year. So if you're looking, say, across the year, that will cost about 18 million 
in 2024. If you look at a hundred cow, say a typical hundred cow dairy uh, herd, it'll cost 400 euros per year. But that's just, I suppose, get a sort of quick sort of rundown of, the, say, the main ticket items. There's lots more, I suppose, being discussed and being looked at at the moment and that uh, it as is always the case with the budget, it'll be the next few days before the the real, I suppose, meat comes out and we see what exactly the schemes entailed. Okay, very good, Darren. A very good, uh, comprehensive uh, overview on that uh, today. Um, maybe how are markets holding up? Um, sheep markets there and and beef. Maybe we see a, a store cattle there are, are a phenomenal trade and and maybe heavier type weanlings at the minute, Darren. Yeah, uh, good trades, uh, Keith. Uh, I said that to a farmer in a mass last week, and uh, uh, he said they're a great trade, he said, for uh, farmers selling and a bad trade for farmers buying. Now, he was the farmer that was buying, and I think if you were to ask any farmer that was selling at the moment, they'd say with the cost of input cost, you need it all. But look, at, thankfully, we're in a position that the trade has held well. Like any good quality weanings, uh, Keith, you're looking at prices of 290 to 3 euros a kilo upwards. Uh, Plainer quality, maybe back to 250 a kilo. But if you're looking at special sales, there's significant numbers of weanlands. Uh, real, I suppose, maybe all close in Ugrade and weanland selling up to 330 to 350 a kilo. In the extreme cases, for those real nice, light weanlands, so real positive there. Store trade is also good. Uh, if you're looking to say where prices are at the moment, Prices are running about 100 euros ahead of this time last year. Uh, and that has been the case if we look at, say, the way prices have been trending over recent months. Uh, a lot of real nice stores, that, that, that I suppose your, your top third of store prices are probably approaching somewhere around 280 to 3 euros a kilo, which would be which would be a nice, uh, say, return on those relative to last year. Uh, but in general, I suppose, your your sort of 400 to 500 kilo sort of uh, bullock is around sort of the 293 euros kilo average price, 240 to 260 kilo. And then if you drop down to sort of your dairy crossbreds or taking in some of your freezings, you're looking at 180 to 220 kilo. So they're solid key to... Uh, Mark managers have reported a significant increase in numbers coming on stream, as you would expect in recent weeks, given the weather. The numbers were well back. They were nearly 15% back through August uh, and September, but uh, October is going to materialise to be a very busy month, and I think that you'll find that will follow through to the start of November as well. Okay, very good. And how are sheep markets, um, Darren? Uh, steady this week, Heath. Uh, we've seen a bit of fluctuation in recent weeks. We've seen quotes maybe up a week, up 10 cent a week or down 10 cent. But really, it was sort of only fluctuation, fluctuating in around sort of that sort of 6 euros to 6.20 of, uh, per kilo of a base price. Where we're seeing sort of quality assured lambs opening prices, depending on where you go, uh, you're talking about 6.20 to 6.30 a kilo. Kildare Chilling being the, being the top quarter. Uh, and if you're trading, I suppose, through groups or through regular s- sellers, you're probably looking at 6.35 to 6.40 a kilo. And there is reports maybe for groups that if you include confirmation bonuses, maybe getting up to 45 or, or 50, so the 6.45, 6.50, but that would be at the top end of the market. We're seeing a, a scarcity of well-fleshed lambs, and that's coming through too from factory agents. They're saying that uh, those high prices are very much confined to lambs that are... 
I say well fleshed and it's sort of a bit of a warning signal put out this week is that lambs killing a fat cover one which you would expect at this time of the year wouldn't be a sizable number but given the weather of recent months it is higher than we'd like and cuts of anywhere from 70 cent upwards of a euro a kilo for lambs that are killing underfleshed and underweight so that's just something to be cognizant of on the same side uh, those spices I throughout there anywhere from 6.20 to 6.50 a kilo there's a real good mark trade for sort of butcher type lambs so anyone that's struggling to compete at the top of the market say directly with factories uh, a good alternative option would be to consider the mark trade as well for them really nice uh, young flesh lambs OK and would you would the weather be the main reason we'll say for those lambs maybe being sent to the factory under finished or is there any other uh, reasons uh, Darren? Uh, weather is the main one, but uh, talking to your own colleagues in 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 Chagas and across the region of veterinary labs, and something we focused on this week is around sort of uh, warm burdens, and also we're starting to see say some liver fluke uh, issues tr- uh, coming to light in factories. So animal health could have a slight uh, say in the role, but in general, it's it's the weather. Like if you look at the levels of grass dry matter where it's at at the moment you're down to 11 or 12 percent normally this time of the year your dry matter will be falling off but you're you're a few percent under where you where you are and in particular the lambs that seem to be suffering most is that sort of age ram lamb just isn't getting a bit of meal that they're becoming very sort of storage or, or the performance is very much stagnating so they'd be the lambs i'd be targeting for meal supplementation because the reports we're getting back is that they're killing very poor at the moment and that they need a bit of work. Uh, store lamb trade isn't too bad if you're selling lowland store lambs. Uh, prices anywhere sort of from 260 a kilo up to 290 a kilo. But unfortunately, there's a continued very difficult trade for hill lambs and particularly light hill lambs. You're looking at anywhere from sort of 180 to 220 a kilo. And if you're dropping down on the weight back for lambs under 25 kilos, you could be back as far as 150 a kilo for, for sort of that small framed light lamb. Uh, so that's, that's, I suppose, the, the two ends of the spectrum is that good demand for maybe beef farmers to have a bit of extra grass, but they're looking more so for a short keep lowland lamb. And definitely the, the chaos uh, that was the catch crop rules this year has definitely had an impact or a negative impact around the trade for those light lambs. You'd be hoping that that would, that there might be a bit more life in that as more cattle house, but unfortunately they're a, a sluggish enough trade at the moment. Darren uh, uh, Carty from the Irish Farmers Journal. Thanks very much, Darren, from the report there and uh, the budget. And uh, as always, uh, uh, thanks very much for coming on uh, Country Life. You're very welcome, Pete. So I'd like to thank our listeners from tonight, from Darren Carty, from the Irish Farmers Journal. I'd like to thank Stephen Friend from the Newford uh, Herd and Maria from Animal Health Ireland as well uh, for coming on uh, the show this evening. Um, also, I'd like to give uh, an update there. We got uh, information in from the Galway uh, Sheep Society. So the sale of the Galway sheep uh, in Banlaslow on Friday, the 22nd of uh, September 2023 was culture night around the county and Galway Sheep Breeders Association marked the evening with an outstanding celebration of Ireland's agriculture 
while holding a show and sale of over 100 of our native sheep breed, only native sheep breed at Athenry Mart. Uh, this year's annual sale and even surpassed last year's record-breaking sales. Such was the demand for female sheep in particular that many buyers uh, were disappointed and consequently the association has organised a supplementary sale uh, for breeders of uh, purebred Galway sheep uh, sale uh, for the first time in over 60 years. The arrangement for the forthcoming show and sale have now been agreed with the Ballinasloe Mart and it will take place in conjunction with their weekly, weekly um, sheep sale on the Thursday the 19th of October. The show uh, will take place at 6pm followed by the sale at 7pm uh, sharp to facilitate online bidders and they, they can be they can bid online using the LSL auctions uh, Mart uh, um, bidding tool there the app um, the usual rules and procedures will apply there will be six classes senior rams hogged rams ram lambs breeding yos born from 2020 or 2021 yo hoggets and yo lambs all sheep will be judged in their pens only one male sheep per breeder can be entered uh, in the show and sale every male must be genotyped and be in class 1, 2 or 3 for scraby all male uh, sheep should be halter trained for safety reasons each breeder can show and sell a maximum of 5 sheep uh, children are welcome but must be supervised adequately at all times. Only one handler is allowed in the sales ring and that person must be over 18 years of age. The mart will provide both office staff and yard staff on the evening. Uh, one of the yard staff will scan uh, the sheep and control entry and exit uh, to the yard. Only sheep listed on the catalogue can be sold in the sale. Vendors must be ready to bring their sheep from the pens to the rings and return them afterwards. The yard staff will not be doing uh, this work. The mart canteen uh, will be open for business as usual people are who are uh, potential new breeders should only purchase sheep at a sale organized by the Galway Sheep Breeding Association as they will be sure that the sheep are genuine as in all walks of life will vary uh, from common um, all inquiries to Jerry at 086 8837056 or 0852090052 and so that's from Jerry Daly so that's it this week from Country Life we hope you enjoyed the show uh, next up is Melodies followed by the Nightfly